This is the Wine World, where Heine Johansen and Morten Bordbucht interview top of the pops wine people from all over the world. Welcome so much to Franco Masolino from Piemonte. Thank you very much. Would you tell us a little bit about how it is to be a fourth generation winemaker controlling one of the most important wine estates in Barolo? It's a, a big responsibility because uh, my family for a long time took care of our family business, trying to grow, trying to um, take care of the vineyard in the best possible way and trying to show the real character of our region all over the world. So for this reason, we uh, feel ourselves, we feel ourselves really very, with a big with a big responsibility and uh, we try to do our best to continue the history of our family on the same direction. Um, we feel ourselves also very lucky because uh, our region had a, a pretty big evolution during the last 30 years. So uh, my family, Uh, starting from my great-grandfather, so uh, in the end of 19th century, uh, was able, with uh, a lot of sacrifice and a lot of investment, to buy vineyards that today are more or less impossible to buy because the vineyard became to be crazy expensive and uh, uh, many, many people realized that our area is very precious and being very small is not, I can assure you that it's not easy for a family business to buy new land and uh, and uh, to be able to take care of new vineyards. How would you say that the Masolino, the house of Masolino has changed in the course of these four generations? Of course changed because uh, our family business was founded like a farm, like many, 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 a large part of the cellar uh, were founded like a farm. So at that time in Italy, the economic period was very tough. So it was necessary to produce vegetables, to ride on animals, to simply to produce something to eat. The production of the wine was very small, but uh, uh, the situation changed. And uh, a lot of producers, as included, has to, to specialize this, themselves in the production of the wine. It was a very positive evolution, uh, in my opinion. And many, many people, many producers began to have a, a kind of safe competition on the quality level. So the historical producer respecting the tradition, respecting the DNA of the wine producing in the area, invested all their efforts, all their researches looking for the best possible quality and uh, for this reason today I think it's really possible to find in average an outstanding quality in our region and uh, we followed this evolution so my uh, My, my great-grandfather first, after my grandfather, after my father, my uncle together, they were great, great workers that uh, continue to produce their wine like the history teach them. And of course, uh, paying attention of the evolution of the techniques is what happened also in the fourth generation, so in my generation. So also if we are an old seller, a traditional seller, we always pay attention on what is happening around us. We are very interested to do experiments. We are always ready to do researches to try to increase every year the quality, the level of the quality of our wines. You know, the world of the wine is so big that there is always something to learn. And this is uh, an extraordinary force, an extraordinary project for every producer in the world, as included, of course. So 
So what what changed in the last 30 years? It changed uh, many things uh, and in the same time nothing, if you would like, because uh, speaking about our cellar, we continue to produce our wine in the end with the same vinification, with the same type of aging process. But uh, we are working with another ripeness of bunch of grape in our vineyards. So we are taking care of our vineyard in a very different way comparing in the past. So the yield projector is lower, but not only. We are checking the microelements in the soil, we are doing analysis on the leaves, we are checking what each plant needs to be able to pick the bunch of grape as ripe as possible. And what meant this? This meant to, to be able to have wine more complete, more well-balanced, more elegant than in the past. I'm sure you know that uh, the Barolo is a wine with... Uh, so many people uh, as the idea that the Barolo, to before be a good glass of wine, is necessary to wait 10, 15, 20, 30 years. So a long, long, long time. Because often the people think that this wine is not ready because it's a, a wine with a good acidity, with tannin pretty masculine. This is an idea, in my opinion, that was through, was correct some years ago. Now, working in a different way, the vineyards, we are able to pick up, to pick wines, to pick a bunch of grape, more complete, more round, more elegant. And uh, I think the, the soil, the soul, the, the expression of the of the Barolos, generally speaking, changed uh, on this direction in the last years. The full name of your company is Hacienda Agricola Vigna Rionda di Masolino Giuseppe Filia. Si, long name. What makes the Vigna Rionda vineyard stand out so much that it deserves to be a part of the company name? Vigna Rionda is uh, something unique in our, in our, in our mind. Uh, and uh, there was a dream in my grandfather. The dream was to have a piece of land in this wonderful hill because he considered this place probably the, the top place uh, where it could be possible to have a vineyard. So uh, in the years 50s, um, he decided to offer a small vineyard that was after, offer a pretty big vineyard, sorry, close to a house of uh, an owner of a small piece of land in Vigna Rionda, uh, offering him to do the exchange. So a big piece of land close to the house of this gentleman for his small piece of land in Vigna And he accepted. So my grandfather was so happy, so uh, excited about the idea to have his first production of Vigna that uh, when he returned back home, he decided to change the name of his cellar in Azienda Agricola Vigna to to show to everybody that he has uh, a piece of land in this wonderful hill. Barolo is perhaps one of the few areas where it's it's very obvious that the terroir plays a big part aside from the Grand Cru Burgundy. What is the differences in the different terroirs that you work in uh, in Masolino? First of all, I think we have to underline that we are working with a variety that is extremely sensitive. The Nebbiolo is, uh, like the Pinot Noir, a variety extremely sensitive so it's enough to change to change only a little bit the percentage of the micro elements the exposition the altitude and you have another expression immediately so this is uh, fantastic for a wine producer in our area because uh, i think every one of us has really the possibility to produce its own production its own label unique it's a, a charming absolutely charming possibility for for a wine producer i always make this example so if you think uh, about uh, Nebbiolo it's not very easy to find many places around the world where it's possible to enjoy a good glass of Nebbiolo why 
because this variety need a precise, absolutely precise climate, precise territory. Uh, is very, very sensitive. So if you plant an abiole on the wrong side, forget to produce a good wine. For this reason, in our area, uh, planting it uh, in a south exposition, planting it in a place is more sunny, uh, we have a possibility to produce, in my opinion, one of the highest expression for this variety. At the present, we are producing four single vineyard and one Barolo that we call Classico. Why Classico? Because uh, historically, uh, the small producer in our area were usual to produce only one label of Barolo, mixing the bunch of grape of many different vineyards together. So um, it was uh, in some way a, a synthesis of the character of, of the entire area. Step by step, following the example of very important producer in our area, we decided to produce ourselves also some single vineyards because we were convinced to have a possibility to produce something, a wine with a unique expression. The first one was Vignarionda. The first vintage was 1982. After in 1985, we began to produce Margheria. In 1990, Parafada. And in 2007, we bought the first piece of land of our family business outside the territory of Serralunga in Castiglione Falletto and uh, its name is Parussi. Each one of these single vineyards has their own style, their own DNA. So if you're looking for elegance, the most elegant of our single vineyard when it's young is certainly Margheria. Due to the small percentage of the sand that you can find in this, in this terroir, in this exposition, Parafada has a, a limestone very old, very compact, poor in organic substances. So very small production, bunch of grape, very small in the dimension, great concentration, great deepness. Is really a Barolo from Serralunga. Long life, long potential aging. Parussi is from Castiglione Falletto, so was uh, an absolutely new project for us because we never produced in, a, in the history of our family a bottle of Barolo outside the territory of Serralunga. So we expected to have a wine a little bit more elegant and with more finesse, but we, we were wrong, honestly. Parussi is a, a terroir a little bit richer in organic substances, pretty deep, a wine with a lot of energy, a wine with a, a huge potential of aging, with tannins a little bit more astringent compared with the other two. It's a wine born for a wine lovers that are looking for uh, longevity, for sure. Vignarionda. Vignarionda, in our opinion, is really the king of our production. It's the only single vineyard able to match in a fantastic way, to find the balance in a fantastic way between the, the elegance of the Nebbiolo, that we love, and the, and the powerful of the territory of Saralunga. We think Vignarionda needs to be aged a little bit longer, for this reason, we release it like a reserva. When, when the wine is six years old, we release the vintage. Of course, we produce these, all these four single vineyards only in the vintages when we are sure we are able to introduce in the market something really important because uh, the only way we have to, uh, to build our brand and to... Uh, grown the popularity of our seller around the world is the quality, uh, competing with the, the quality introduced from older, older producers. So we feel ourselves, like I told you before, we, are, we feel ourselves very lucky because these single vineyards are 
something magic, something unique. And uh, my generation is uh, so lucky to have a possibility to work with this vineyard, thanks to the sacrifice of, of my family. Coming a little bit back to the Nebbiolo, I know for Pinot Noir, then that is a grape where it's uh, uh, it changes a lot. There is a lot of different clones. There, it has a prone to change if it's left in the vineyard. Uh, you do a lot of different masal selections, things like that. Do you work in the same way with the Nebbiolo as well? We did uh, experiment in the past, blending some clones. Clones uh, able to give us more color, for example. But some of them l- lost, in our opinion, the elegance the complexity, the finesse of certain vineyard we have. So we restarted around 10 years ago to plant again only vineyards uh, using the massa selection from our old vineyards. Because we think uh, if the Barolo became to be one of the most important Italian wine in the world, there is a reason why. So we have respect we have to respect the the history of this wine. We have to continue to produce this wine in a in its own expression. In uh, we have to take care of the real classic DNA of this wine uh, because uh, we think it's a unique wine in a world that is uh, today is small under many point of view. You can find a great glass of wine in many different countries, but the, the great lack of our region is to have. To have a wine that uh, only in our area or only in really few areas is uh, uh, is really able to to offer us uh, a unique expression. Accordingly to this characteristic, there is also the other side of the medal. Uh, that's mean the Nebbiolo is uh, a variety not easy to produce in a high level of quality. So, like. Uh, probably also the Pinot Noir, you have to take care of every detail to achieve the quality that we would like to introduce. One of these details is the selection that we have to do when we plant a new vineyard. When you do the uh, plantation of a new vineyard, uh, it's a very important moment because it means to to plant a vineyard that will give it's fruit for 30, 40, 50, 60 years or plus. So it's very important to not do mistakes. Another very important parameter is also the rootstock. Considering the different type of soil, we have to choose a different rootstock. If the soil is more deep, is more rich, we have a roost, We need to have a rootstock that have a root a little bit higher, not so deep. In other places where we have limestone very compact, and, and sometimes very dry, the problem could be the dryness. So we need a rootstock with, with roof really able to go down in a, in a, in a terroir. So uh, it's in a soil. So it's, um, there are many, many, many detail, details that uh, we have to take care under this point of view. How do you work in the cellar? Do you use barriques or botti? Do you do a lot of overpumping and so on? In a cellar, we worked uh, for a long time with the tank in cement, and we continue still today to work with the tank in cement. But accordingly to, to our philosophy to do experiment, uh, a few years ago we decided uh, to do an experiment to have a fermentation of one of our barrel, not in cement, but in one big barrel in oak. 
is Labonin oak, neutral oak. And we discovered that this type of fermentation can uh, stabilize very well the color of our Nebbiolo, can really give a little bit more concentration, yes, but more elegance, finesse, uh, cleanest, very, very good solution. So today we are fermenting a larger part of our of our wine in wood, but in a big wood, not in barrique. We did also in a past experiment with the barrique. One of our single vineyards, the, the Parafada, has been produced uh, with uh, the vinification, partial vinification and, uh, and aging process in barrique until the vintage 2006, because uh, we would like to understand what it means to produce a Barolo with uh, the aging in barrique. Doing this experiment, uh, this experience, we understood many things, we learned a lot, and we understood also that what we are looking for is another style, simply because uh, we would like to underline the very delicate aromas of the Nebbiolo. The risk is to cover, in our opinion, is to cover these delicate aromas of the Nebbiolo if you used a type of barrels or a type of oak that could be a little bit aggressive. The sweet notes of flowers, roses, violet are very delicate. We have to, to work carefully. Also during the vinification, today we are doing simply the pumping over. Not many, not many time, not too many, because uh, we not would like to crush too much, too much the, the berries of the Nebbiolo to avoid the formation of too much sediments and the extractions of tannin that could be aggressive. So we are looking for the elegance and the balance, like I told you, and that is uh, uh, the key of our style. And we, after, uh, after uh, many tests, uh, this is a way that we identify like the best way for our style. And I know that from last year you started to make some Barbaresco as well. Would you tell us a bit about that? Yes, correct. It was a long, long, long time that we were looking for a good piece of land in the Barbaresco area. Last year we were lucky enough to, to rent uh, four actors planted in a Barbaresco area. In the three single vineyards of Barbaresco, Albesani, Starderi and Serra Boella. Three wonderful vineyards, pretty old, very old, plus than 50 years old. So was... Uh, Another dream, another project, another very important project for my family. We built a, a small cellar in a Barbaresco area where now we are doing the vinification and the aging process of this wine because, like you know, it's not possible to do vinification of a Barbaresco in a Barolo area and, and vice versa. So we are extremely, extremely excited about this project. The first vintage was in 2018. We uh, understood from the first vintage, we had the feeling that uh, the bunch of grape of the Nebbiolo from Barbaresco are, if it's possible, more delicate than a bunch of grape of Nebbiolo for the Barolo. So the skin has to be preserved really very carefully to looking for the, I can say, the identity of uh, another wonderful denomination from Piemonte that of course, we uh, we know only tasting the wines of our colleagues, but we are looking forward to introduce also our Barbaresco, of course, in 2022. There will be two labels. One will be the Barbaresco that we call it, uh, again, Classico, and another one will be a selection that we have not yet decided which one will be. It's getting warmer in Piemonte now. I know that a producer like Roberto Contarno is buying a property in Gattinara. Do you think that quality winemaking will be more selected and where you're able to plant and make quality wine in the future of Piemonte? For me, it's very difficult to, go, to do forecast. Certainly, it's uh, uh, sure that um, the condition changed in the last 20 years. That is sure. 
So we had also to modify the, how we are managing our vineyards accordingly to the new temperature, to the new quantity of water, to the new conditions. Now we are no more taking out our, our leaves from the fruit zone. We are, uh, all our vineyards are completely covered with grass to save as much as possible the humidity. We have to protect our fruit from red sun radiations from the second, usually from the second part of August until September. Also, this expert is very dangerous because the sun radiations are so strong that sometimes can really burn the surface of the berries of our bunch of grapes. So we have to manage our vineyards in a very different way compared with some years ago. In the same time, doing a correct choices in many places, these new conditions allowed us to produce great vintages in the last uh, 15 years. What means this? This means that uh, we have to be prepared to take care of these changements and try to adapt our work to these new conditions. Uh, the Nebbiolo also, under this point of view, in, uh, in our area, shows the capacity to adapt pretty well its characteristic to the new conditions. Of course, we hope it will not continue in the same, in the same direction for forever because it's not, it's not possible. So today it's pretty usual to have a hailstorm very strong that can destroy our fruit, the, the entire work of the year in 10 minutes. For this reason, many producers, ours included, are placing the hail nets. We have, uh, for example, in 2017, in the spring 2017, we had uh, an unexpected and absolutely unusual frost. Our big, big problems, and th there are some producers that are investing in other areas, some producers that are investing also in the highest hills of the, of the Lange area. You know, we can share the Lange area in two different zones, uh, the zone called Bassa Langa, where we have hills that arrive maximum to 600 meters, where there, where there are the Barolo zone, where there is a Barbaresco zone, where there is a Roero zone. So the most important, the most popular, the most famous areas for wine production of Piemonte at the present are placed in the Bassa Langa. But there is another portion of the Langa that are called Alta Langa, where the hills arrive also close to 900 meters. Very different situation, very different uh, conditions. Many producers now uh, invested in the Alta Langa buying piece of land that at the present are excellent to produce varieties uh, for uh, sparkling wines like uh, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, but who knows in the future. This is uh, this could be another opportunity and another option for a producer from Piemonte. Uh, who knows? We will we will see. We will see. In your winemaking, what qualities do you look for to make sort of the best wine possible? The balance. The balance, the balance in a fruit. Every vintage gives us a different type of fruit, gives us a different parameter. Accordingly to experience we have, we have to take care of this characteristic, trying to underline always the character of the vintage together with the quality as high as possible. Accordingly also to our style. Uh, the, uh, I told you, every producer in Piemonte has his, no, his own style, and this is absolutely wonderful. Also for this reason, uh, we, we think uh, we have to continue to produce our, our wines uh, like the history teaches us, doing investment in uh, uh, techniques, of course, in the modern techniques, uh, 
checking better the temperature, doing the right uh, choices on the on the on the machinery. But at the end, the style has to remain the same to continue to produce a wine like the history teach does. Looking back at uh, vintages that you've made, have you got any favorite vintage? I told you uh, in the last 15 years we had wonderful vintages, but uh, one of my favorite vintage in our area was uh, 1986, also because uh, I finished my school in the 1990, I am an enologist, but... Uh, also, if I began to work in our cellar when I was able to walk together with my father. <laughs> uh, at the same time, I have to say that uh, in the in the first years of the years 90s, I began to work in our cellar together with my uncle, m- most of all, because my uncle was the responsible of the vinification. And this is the most important, uh, is, is my favorite part in my job. So I, I love to work in a cellar. I love to take care of the vinification and the aging process of our wines, the real production in the cellar. So 1996 uh, uh, is, a, is a vintage that, in my opinion, was really outstanding, uh, unique, and uh, remember me one of the first, uh, first vintages that I took care for a large part myself. When you don't drink Piemonte wines, what do you like to drink then? Uh, I like to drink and to taste wine from all over the world. <laughs> there, there is always something interesting in a large part of the wine region in the world. I love Pinot Noir, I love uh, Sangiovese, I love Nerello Mascalese. I, I, I love the varieties that uh, give, me, give me finesse, is what I personally looking for in a wine. And looking forward in evolving Masolino further, do you want to just sustain the way that you are now or do you want to evolve and doing new things and exploring new areas perhaps? Very difficult, very difficult to say today. At the present we are really concentrated to produce in the best possible way our our denominations. I think we already we are already working with two of the most important denominations in Italy. So we have to really concentrate ourselves on this, this effort, on these projects. And uh, at the present, I think we are very concentrated on this goal. An important thing that uh, I think is interesting to underline is uh, the evolution the market and the wine lovers had during the last years. Today, the wines from Piemonte became to be more popular in the world, starting from Nebbiolo, of course, but also for other varieties like Dolcetto, like Barbera. And uh, thanks God that the people, the wine lovers, uh, became to be more interested to understand these varieties that are certainly not the easiest variety in the world, but are varieties with, uh, with their own soul. I think this is a great, great moment for Piemonte. I think the producer has to work well, to continue to work well together, but we could have really a wonderful future if we will continue to introduce in the market a quality, a high quality, like we are doing now. I remember when I was young, it was very easy to, to travel around the world, to meet people that... Uh, didn't really know which could be the identity of a glass of Barolo. Sometimes they expected wine completely different. So dark in color, very full body. Wines with the, the, does not represent the style of Enebiolo. Today, every day, I met people, I met uh, guys and wine lovers that know very well the area, know the single vineyards, know the, the style of uh, 
of, uh, of our wine, now also the vintages. So this is magic. This is something really wonderful for a wine producer because uh, it's uh, great to speak with people that would like to learn but already are prepared, prepared regarding the, the style of the wine. It's, it's wonderful. It's absolutely very, very important. I think is one of the most important evolution our area had because uh, also the area became to be UNESCO heritage in 2014. So many, many people uh, now are arriving in our area, visiting the cellars, but not only enjoying the food and, and spending time on our hill, followed in love for, for our area. And... Uh, uh, taking uh, a part, uh, pictures of our wonderful hills with them when they return back home. I think uh, it's really a wonderful time and a great opportunity for Piemonte uh, this moment. Thank you so much for being with us, uh, Franco Masolino. Thank you to you. Thank you very much.